Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. This is sponsored by 888 Sport and is a preview of the Scottish Grand National Meeting at Air and the Jumps Finale at Newbury. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined today by Andy Holding, Odds Checker's very own tipster and racing broadcaster and journalist Ed Quigley. Stay tuned to hear what 28 to 1 shot Ed thinks could have a chance in the Scottish Grand National. But that would have really got him tuned up for this. As I said, he's a big old price. In the second race at Newbury, a 6 to 1 shot that Andy thinks will go off 5 to 2. I'll be, I'll be st- staggered if he's not 5 to 2 or, or sure to come Saturday. And the guys agree on a Venetia Williams runner that they think is way too big at Newbury as well. Yeah, it's taken us, what, over half an hour to come to the same conclusion? It's always good to catch up with Andy, but we spoke last week, Andy, so I'm going to come to Ed first here, because Ed, we haven't spoken until your favourite week of the year, uh, the Cheltenham Festival. How was your your week at your local track? Yeah, it was it was great, thanks, uh, George. It, it really good fun. Um, yeah, I was absolutely drenched on a Wednesday, which was, was really good. Uh, it was nice, obviously. Coric Rambler um, obliged for the anti-post mm. followers on this show. That 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 you know sorted the week out really. And then um, yeah, it was hard work after, but it was it was great fun. But I thought a story would chuckle you, uh, George. You know I'm normally sat here with my hashtag uh, Team Pauling or <laughs> Ben Pauling T-shirt on. Well, yeah. I actually spoke to Ben weekend before the festival, and he was a little bit kind of glass half empty. You know, we only really got a big team, but he kept saying, well, "But Global Citizen, I can't, I've not had him better for ages. He's had the wind up guy. Oh, he looks this. He looks that." Blah, blah, blah. Of course, absolutely lashed it down, didn't he, on the Wednesday. And I've, I've got Global Citizen in my notes, you know, firmly pigeonholed as flat track, good ground glider, oh, no. et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, you know the rest, don't you? Um, no. <laughs> pillar the post, bottomless ground, uh, Ben Pauling, <sighs> shout the festival winner. Yeah, not a penny on, uh, just sat there and uh, weeped. And I think he was, you know, 40s plus on the exchanges. As I can't he believe it. I know. I mean, it's all there after. He kept saying forward, he said, look, he's... £20 well in on his old form, but he is the ground, the ground, the ground. And it goes to show sometimes, doesn't it? Uh, we can get a bit carried away with the ground. And um, yeah, just, he just ploughed through it. And that wind ops obviously sorted him out. But um, but there we go. Yeah, so that kind of, yeah, I was totally soaked. Uh, missed, you know, he probably won't win again, bless him. He's 10 now. That was probably, <laughs> that was his one time to shine. And so, yeah, uh, left very soaked before the last at Chapman on a Wednesday um, with a towel between my legs. But uh, good fun nonetheless. I even thought after the race, you know, it was, I'm, you know, I wasn't on, not many people I knew were on, but I thought to myself, I wonder if Ever's on. It's, it's, it's a appalling horse. With, I was on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, time to move on from Cheltenham now. Um, we had a few uh, funny comments uh, asking us how we could possibly do a Cheltenham 2023 preview last week. Uh, um, it was slightly tongue in cheek, that more about looking back at the, the week that had already gone, but it's time to look forward now. And, you know, this show is going to be mainly looking at flat racing now as the flat season starts over the coming weeks and months but uh, we've got a couple of big weekends first uh, of course next weekend we have the grand national meeting at Aintree we'll be doing lots of previews next week on that but before that we have uh, the scottish grand national meeting at air and um, the jumps finale at newbury which is what we're going to be covering here so we'll kick off um, we're going to cover the races that are going to be shown on itv racing on saturday so if you're having a day sat in front of the racing it's the eight races that they'll be showing five from air including the scottish grand national and three from newbury and we will start with air uh, before we get into the racing itself going to point you in the direction of the odds checker app the first place to get all of andy's tips free bets uh, best odds place terms and, and everything else in there as well so do download the app immediately and you can follow through as we go but we're going to start with the 115 at air we're recording this 
just after midday on Thursday. So final decks are in. Only a couple of firms out with their prices, though. So these might date pretty quickly, but we'll do our best to keep them live. And Sebastopol is the nine to four favourite here ahead of Dubai Days. This is the handicap chase. Uh, Dubai Days five to one uh, with Melistic five to one. Gold de Bois seven to one. Um, Sao eight to one. Twelve to one bar those. Uh, Andy will come to you first for the opener of there. Yeah, I, I can see the reasons why Sebastopol would be favourite. He, he was very good, wasn't he, last time out at Kempton. That, that uh, uh, good ground, small field scenario really suited him. Um, unlike his run there the time before when he pulled up, um, not really handling winter conditions behind Giacomo. Um, he, you know, he looks a progressive novice that travels well through his races. So, um, you know, relatively strongly run race here at air. Um, flattish track should be absolutely ideal for him uh, with it, with a good yard in form. Um, nine to four is plenty stingy enough, so I'd probably maybe just look for something a slightly better value, it's only, only slightly, mm. in the shape of Dubai Days. Now, it all depends whether Nick Alexandrian Connections uh, run this horse again because um, he's down to run on Friday uh, in a, in a um, smaller field race. But... That actual angle is not a bad one to exploit here at Air because I've noticed there's been several horses that have tried to double up here at this meeting, most notably Thianval. I think mm. Nicky Henderson used to use almost the, the, the race on the Friday as a, <laughs> as a, as a preparation yeah. or warm-up for, for this race on the Saturday. I'm not saying that Nick Alexander's mm. um, been thinking about that uh, specifically, <laughs> but um, yeah, coincidentally, he, he's, he's got this horse entered in twice, but he was really good uh, visually and on the clock last time out at Kelso, beating Hardy de Soy and a field of really good handicappers. They went a proper good gallop that day. Like I said, the time figure that we got for it was exceptionally good. And he was also good off the bridle as well once uh, Bruce Lynn went for him. He found plenty of pressure up the hill. So he's clearly a horse in great form. He likes it air at air as well. Uh, unlike quite a few of these, they haven't got form. Sebastopol actually has got form over hurdles here, which is uh, going to stand him in good stead. But uh, Dubai Days has been in good form over fences um, as well as over hurdles. So if he was to double up or maybe not run on the Friday and just come straight here, because I don't know what the uh, the plan is with him, but he'd be the one I'd be mostly interested in. Dubai Days, five to one there, the one for Andy at this stage. Uh, Ed, how do you see the opener? Yeah, I mean, unoriginal. I agree to the extent where Andy was saying the price is a bit stingy, but I do think Sebastopol is the one they've all got to pass here. Um, they, it was officially good to soft. I think Andy described it as winter ground, didn't it? It came to him. He was riding a lot softer than good to soft, uh, I think, and when he was pulled up behind Giacomar. Dropped him back to the minimum trip at, uh, back at Kempton last time out on much quicker ground, but the visor on for the first time, and he looked lit up. He just flew around there, didn't he? He looked much happier back on, shall I call it, spring ground, minimum trip, uh, small field, allowed to get get on with things. And yeah, I, I think I listened to Tom Lacey interview after. He said, look, we're basically just going to hunt the ground with him. They're, I think they'll no doubt have a crack at a couple of summer ground targets, uh, the likes of market raisins and utoxes and all of those, you know, in the height of the summer, I think would definitely come into play with him. Uh, he wants genuine quick ground. Uh, he got it last time out with the visor on. I think, you know, he could still be progressive. Was he rated in his in the mid-140s at his peak? So, yeah, I still think there's probably a bit more to come off, off a marker 144, given he's, he's just a horse who needs very exacting circumstances, I think, to be seen in his best. And looking at the weather, um, you know, I'm usually coming in my weather bulletin. Uh, I mean, it's officially <laughs> good, good to soft, good in places at the time of recording. And by and large, the weather looks set fair for 
pretty decent weather over the next uh, couple of days throughout the weekend uh, up in Scotland. So, yeah, I, I think it'll be lovely ground for him. And, yeah, I think Sebastopol and original, but, uh, yeah, he'd be the one I'd be siding with. 9-4 for Tom Lacey's favourite there, Sebastopol at 9-4. to four. On now to the 150 at air as the sudden suddenly streams onto Ed's face. A, a bit of <laughs> bit of tactical editing there, um, as uh, we thought we'd like rather see him rather than the silhouette of Ed as he as it's <laughs> Um But on to the second race at air now. And Dusart is the three to one favourite ahead of Sounds Russian at four to one, the Golden Rebel five to one, Sail Away thirteen to two, Doyen Breed fifteen to two, eight to one, Lord Accord, uh, I.K. Brunel twelve to one, um, striking opposed fourteens, and now where or when sixteen to one in the uh, Champion Handicap Chase. Ed, I've really got splinters in my backside with this race, George, because Dusart. I mean. It's clearly a bit of an afterthought, isn't it? Only just over a fortnight ago, ran obviously in the Brown Advisory, bottomless mm. ground that day. Must have had a hard race on that occasion. Uh, I don't know. Is he well handicapped off one four seven? I've literally got no idea what to make of that run. You know, I mean, he was beating fifteen lengths clearly in very good company, but he looked absolutely. Um, you, you know, he was drunk coming over the over the finish line that day. Seventeen day turnaround clearly in the Karma waters here. But you've got some, you know, a couple of progressive sorts in behind him, been running consistently well. He's got to give away away. It's just one of those. I don't quite know what to make of the favourite. He could be a hundred and fifty plus mm. chaser. He could be an absolutely spent horse who can't lift a leg after the hardest race of his season uh, a fortnight ago. And even saying before that, you know, he's got a, got some wins next to his name. But uh, you know, he wasn't exactly convincing when he was. He sent off two to seven in Exeter when he won, and again at Leicester was he two to seven in a in a three-runner race and nothing contested. Again, he, he didn't totally convince. He's, he's a horse. I find it very hard to put a grasp on what he actually is, uh, to be honest with you. And whether he, on balance of his form, deserves a rating of 147, I'm not sure. Uh, bottom line, I probably want to take him on with something. Who I do, I don't know. So I'm probably going to keep an eye on his <laughs> price. And some of these Henderson horses do get punted off the boards as if they're the new Sprinter Sacker. And if he kind of goes south of nine to four or something, I might end up just laying him or laying him for a place because I could easily just see him bombing out in this. But and then again, if he won it, I wouldn't be shocked. So yeah, um, a bit of a nothing answered you, George, but it is a race I generally find it quite hard to weigh up. Yeah, so um, no bet, I'm guessing, for Ed there, but I'll, I'll, happy I'll, to I'll, take I'll, on yeah, that. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll lay him if he goes short enough, if you see what I'm saying, because uh, there's got to be that doubt that race has left its mark. I mean, I, I, was, I was there soaked to the skin on the rails, <laughs> hiding for cover. I mean, he was he was walking over the finish line. I yeah. mean, he came back into the unsaddling. He, he looks absolutely cooked. Um fortnight later uh i don't care even if he is dropping in in grade it, yeah, it, yeah. If, it, if he goes short enough I'll, I'll probably take him on big negative then for the favorite there from ed do start three to one fav as it stands andy negative from ed do you have a positive for one of the others or, or even for the favorite yeah l- luckily I, I have got a fairly strong view about this race um which uh makes up for ed's um sort of idea of, of playing the joker on this race um yeah, I'm a big fan. Always have been of of, of Sounds Russian. Not sure how well his name will go down um, with, with with the locals at air, but e- either either way, let's just Christ, let's just concentrate on the horse himself rather than the uh, um, political uh, objectives here, there, and everywhere. But yeah, I, I I'm a I, like I say, I've, I've really fallen in love with this horse um, right from the start of the season. Um, very lightly raced, but he's worked his way through the ranks, and since they've stepped him up in trip. Um, and he's had more of a stamina test. He's been really, really good. 
Um, he beat a good field at Sedfield a few runs ago. Um, he had a bit of a penalty kick in between times, but I thought he was really good the other day. And that was only three runner race at Kelso, but the, the conditions were awful that day. Uh, and he just went off in front. He dominated throughout. Um, he won by 22 legs. But interestingly, the horse he beat, um, nice and easy, um, absolutely bolted up next time out. So I think there's a little bit more substance to that performance than it meets the eye. And even though he's now rated 145, and you could argue that was a bit steep, he's gone from 111 mm. to 145 in the, with the thick end of three runs. But I, I think he's worthy of that mark. Um, I'm not saying necessarily he's the, he's the new waiting patiently, but I'd, I'd be more incl- in, in, inclined to think he'd, he'd beat the, a field of this nature than perhaps if they went to Aintree um, off level weights in, in, in a graded race. But I do think he's that good. I think he, if he went to Aintree, he'd be one I'd be seriously interested in uh, for that three-mile grade, graded race. Um, but yeah, he's, he's been, I think he's been saved or targeted specifically for this meeting from that date. Um, Kelso looks the natural stepping stone for him. And he's, like I say, he's a very strong stayer. So if they do get any more rain up, up a day, I'm not sure what the forecast is, but it's good to soft at the moment. Uh, but if they were to get uh, a little bit more, then um, the softer the ground, the better for him because uh, he, he'll uh, he'll cope with the conditions, no problem. But yeah, big fan of Sound Rush and good cruising speed, stays well, great attitude, and his time figures are good. So he ticks every box for me. Sounds Russian nine to two as it is at the moment. Um, putting your guys' tips together. If you're taking a big negative for the favourite with just nine runners, that nine to two each way, uh, a fifth of three could be the way to play this one. Um, following Andy there and, and getting against the jolly. On then to the two twenty-five, the third race on the card at Air, and it is the Scottish champion hurdle. West Cork is a three to one favourite. One more for the road, seven to two. Milkwood, last year's winner, um, spoke to uh, Neil Mar Holland about. Uh, Milkwood's chances, uh, so do check out the Odds Checker YouTube page to go and watch that uh, little stable tour we had with Neil a few weeks ago up on there. Four to one, Barrichello is seven to one. Uh, Anna Benina is ten to one, uh, eleven to one, bar the rest. Nine runners again here, Andy, for the Scottish Champion Hurdle. Uh, who do you think is the the one to side with? Um, I'll probably go against West Cork. Um, it's a bit of a contradiction in terms, but I do think the form of his county hurdle. Fifth is very good because I think State Man, based on his number that he did in the county hurdle, is a, is a potential gr- uh, graded horse in waiting, um, as is the, as is the horse that chased him home, um, the what horse of um, Lorna Fowler's uh, Colonel Mustard. I think he's a he's a, a potential winner of a graded race further down the line. So West Cork's fourth in that race. Well, like I say, nothing wrong with the form, but I've just got a theory with him. I think he's best fresh. Um, when he won the Great Wood off the back of a break, he was really good. And then he, they brought him out quite quickly at Ascot a month later, and he completely bombed. It wasn't a tragic run, but it, I don't think he was anywhere near the same horse at Ascot that he was at Cheltenham. So the fact that he's got a 15-day turnaround, I'm not necessarily sure that'll suit him. Um, there were several horses that like gaps between their races. Classical Dream, for instance, he was um, a, a rather strange favourite for the stays early, but anyone could see in his form that he needs huge gaps between his races, so he was always going to bomb out. And I think we might get the same with this one. Conversely, Milkwood's been saved specifically for this race course, winner of the race last year. The only problem with him is the normal Holland team, normal Holland team are struggling for winners. I know they had a winner yesterday with St. Doctor, but generally speaking, that normal Holland camp have been in bang out of order for, for a little while. So um, not necessarily sure that I'd, I'd want to get with him. Um, so process elimination really leads me to one more for the road. Mm. Who I thought ran a Herculean race in the um, 
the Imperial Cup. He, he got there two out looking as though he was going to win or one of the most likely winners. And then he just didn't get up the hill. But I think that was partly due to the fact that it was very soft ground at Sandown. Not necessarily thinking that's ideal for a horse like him, who previously in the season um, before that had shown really good form on good or good to soft ground. But the, I think the ground's going to come probably more in his favour without trying to second guess what the ground is going to be. But I think if it remains good to soft and no worse than that, that'll definitely play into his strengths, as will this sharp track as well. So uh, I'll probably get, a, get get against the front two in the market here and go with one more. Um, for the road one more for the road seven to two uh, as it stands at the moment uh, ed yeah trappy but i'd probably be with west cork on balance i, I totally take on board andy's point there that, that would be the only real negative would be the fact him trying to back up the run a couple of weeks later from cheltenham i mean andy referred to when he went to ascot earlier in the season after the great wood you know and i think he you know was lame pulled a muscle that day so maybe there are valid excuses for that run and uh yeah that would be the 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 worry would be two weeks later, but uh, it was a storming run, wasn't it, it, it in the county hurdle, as Andy alludes to, you know, state man's up in the 150s now. Um, Lorna Fowler's horse, Colonel Mustard, of course, he's been placed in two grade ones before. You know, he's kind of right on their tails. Really good run. The great with hurdle form, we spoke about it before earlier in the season. That's worked out an absolute treat. That's one of the best handicapped uh, hurdles we've had for many a year in terms of mm. you know, those horses all the way down it uh, have come out and been winning huge pots since. So, look, I think everything's right for him. Only nervousness is a couple of weeks later. But um, other than that, I think he's ticking all the right boxes uh, personally. So, yeah, again, another bit of a head scratcher uh, this race. But uh, on balance, I'm with West Cork. West Cork, the one for Ed there taking on Andy at the top end of the market. Three to one West Cork is at the moment. So three is West Cork for Ed. Andy, one one more for the road, seven or two. I'll leave it up to you to decide who made the better case. Uh, on then to the uh, future champion, Novice Chase, the grade two, over two and a half. Um, Manella Drama, this is at three o'clock. Manella Drama, just about favourite at nine to four, ahead of Do Your Job at five to two. El Rodoto, four to one. Katili Briggs, six to one. And Giacomo, six to one. A five-runner race here, Andy, and it's it's as trappy as it gets, really, in terms of the, the prices. Not much to spit the, the, the group of them. Yeah, I was mildly disappointed with Manella Drama last time. And I put him up uh, in that race at Kempton, thinking that two and a half miles flat track, um, right-handed, in a field that I thought didn't have a massive strength in depth to it. It might, might turn result in him winning that race. But yeah, he faded out of it quite timely. He just never got into any sort of rhythm that day. Um, unlike the time before when he won well at Haydock. And he did jump particularly well. Whether I could say it's a left-handed, right-handed thing, I don't really know. There's not enough evidence of him having a preference one way or the other. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd probably just swerve him on this occasion in, in favour of do your job from, from the Michael Scudamore camp. He's always had a touch of class, this fellow. He was a good horse as a, as a novice hurdler. Not quite top class, but certainly good enough to take part and compete well on a, a fair level playing field in, in graded races. But he's always looked a chaser and... They've cracked on with this season. Other than a fall behind Edward Stone at Sandown, um, he's, he's done very little wrong. He, he again ran against Edward Stone uh, next time out, you know, and he got beat 10 lengths, which in the cold light of day doesn't look too bad in the context of this race. Not sure too many of these would be finishing 10 lengths behind Edward Stone over two miles. Um, but they 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 upped him up in they upped him in trip last time out at um, Newcastle, and I thought he showed great tenacity to win. Um, on that occasion, under top weight, um, whether I, I thought he might go straight to Aintree actually because he's run well at Aintree before, but the fact they're coming here for this Grade Two and I think it's a fairly weak Grade Two on balance, probably isn't a bad ploy. 
plus the fact that Michael Schoonemore's horses are in much better form now than they were in the period when, if you like, this horse was flying the flag when others were falling out the back of the telly. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think he's probably the one I'd, I'd get with here. Um, I think he's got a touch of class, so hopefully do your job. Does exactly what he says on the team. <laughs> I thought you'd be shouting at the TV on Saturday, Indeed. Andy. Jumping the last. Do your job, Richard. Uh, do your job five to two, the one for Andy. Um, Ed, where are you looking here? Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Getting five pounds from Manella Drama, who had no obvious excuse last time. I thought, yeah, do your job. Looks um, looks fair copy, I think. Uh, looked much happier up at two and a half last time out. Just going that half a stride slower. He just seemed to get his jumping a bit more together. He wasn't blemish-free, but he just seemed happier, I thought, just going that stride slow over two and a half. And as you say, Andy says... Um, 10 length seconds to Edward Stone earlier in the season in the context of this is, is very smart form. Yeah, I think he's ticking a lot of the right boxes. Goes on any ground. He's one on heavy. He's one on good. Um, what's not to like, really? I, I do think, I think he'll go over three miles sooner rather than later, uh, Funnily enough. I, I just think he, he looked happy and he seemed to tough it out over two and a half last time. And he won his bumper here as well. So got limited evidence that the track's fine. So yeah, do your job for me. I, I think he's, he's the one to beat. Do your job for both of the guys there, the one to beat in the, uh, the three o'clock hour on Saturday. On to the final race we're going to be covering it air. It is, of course, the Scottish Grand National. And Kitty's Light is the five to one favourite ahead of Win My Wings at 15 to two. Double figure prices from there. We've got Stormy Judge and the Ferry Master, both 10 to one, 12 to one, Major Dundee and The Wolf, 14 to one for Ashtown Lad. Fantastic ass. Uh, history of fashion. Cool Mix, 16 to one. 20 to 1 in his free lads and Hill 16 and Jersey Bean and Courtmaster, a few others there as well. Ask a Honeybee as well. 25 to 1 and bigger the rest. 24 runners here, and he will give you first run in the Scottish National. Yeah, I think um, generally speaking nowadays, I, I, I'm looking to get with the sort of younger horses for these kind of races. And the trends are very much going that way, aren't they? Um, Ed obviously mm. highlighted um, Carrot Rambler uh, when he won the, um, the ultimate. The Challenge Festival. I think the first four home ed, weren't they? They were all novices or, or horses that hadn't had too much experience yeah. over fences, but it meant that the handicapper obviously, you know, hadn't yeah. had a chance to sort of like crucify them. I put up Jericho Rock, who finished a gallant um, third. So on that basis, I'm looking to sort of go with the, with the horses I haven't got much mileage here. A couple of seven year olds, which I have actually backed um, throughout the course of this week. I've had a few quid on Major Dundee, a horse that I've I've always quite liked. I put him up here at the la- at, um, air last year in, in a handicap. I thought he was a, a decent bet and he just never fired for one reason or another. I'm hoping that lightning doesn't strike twice and the trip up to air doesn't bring back bad memories. But <laughs> he's been very good um, over fences so far this season. Um, he won his first two races, first time out on ground that probably wouldn't have suited him at Bangor, but he was very good. Uh, sorry, at Fakenham. Um, at Bangor, the next time out, was at the ground that wouldn't have suited him. But he stayed on really strongly that day. Uh, and although he got beat last time out at um, Newbury, the time figure for that race is exceptionally good. And I, I did notice that the horse that um, finished third that day, Soldier of Destiny, I think has got a very bright future mm. for Jamie Snowden. And he's a right proper horse. Uh, he went on to win at Haydock the, the other day, beating Burroughs Diamond and the pair of them pulled well clear. So I think that form as it stands is really, really strong. Um, he won't mind the ground. Uh, I've always been a bit concerned with this fellow that if he, if he did get genuine winter ground, he, he, it's not ideal for him. But he's had a light campaign. I think he's been targeted specifically at, that, at this race. He, he, he come, he, he's cut from the same cloth as uh, God's Judge, who won this race 
a few years back for Alan. And obviously, because my judge ran in a totally different race. I think he was third in the National Chase before he came here. But he too was a seven-year-old who got in here off a fairly light weight. And, and Alan King's horse is running really well at the moment. So he he, he definitely comes under my radar. And the other one is um, Stormy Judge from the Pat Faye stable. Again, he's had this race specifically as his main target all, all, all the way through the season. I like likely race horses here that have, you know, have, haven't had too many ball-breaking races, for one, want of a better word. Um, and it, it reminds me of uh, Mr. Fogpatches, who finished third in this race last year. Mm. You know, a, a, a six-year-old who came here off the back of a light campaign. He was a eye-catching fifth of the day behind um, horse that I put up, um, DL Care in the Lenton National. He come down looking as though he was, he was going to win two out, but he just didn't quite get home on the soft ground that day, having only had the one run previously. Uh, but he did win that um, EBF um, final of offences over three miles last year at the same track, beating the likes of uh, Schoolboy Hours um, in, a, in a real stamina test. So four miles would be absolutely no problem for him. Um, and I think it's a race that Pat Fye really wants to win, reading between the lines. I think you think he's always wanted to win the Scottish National. Whether he's got Scottish heritage in his blood, I don't really know. But um, <laughs> that's another that's a, that's another matter. But yeah, Danny Mullins has come over to take the ride, and we know what, how good Danny is as well. Um, you know, in these kind of races. So yeah, two against the Phil for me, the two seven-year-olds, uh, both double-figure odds at the moment with sort of five, six places on offer. Uh, Stormy Judge and Major Dundee. Ten to one, Stormy Judge, best price at the moment. Major Dundee, twelve to one, as Andy says. A couple to take on the field with. Ed, have you got a couple more? Yeah, I'll go two v the field here. Game tricky as you'd expect. So I'm looking for kind of what one at either end of the spectrum to some extent. But number one being Fantastic Ass, who I would be really strong on if he'd actually swerved the Ultima and uh, and come straight to this race. I, listening to the kind of insinuated reading between the lines between uh, perhaps owners and connections beforehand, I think there was a little bit of shall we go to Cheltenham or not? Uh, I get a feeling the owners perhaps wanted to come straight to the Scottish National, but I think the, 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 the trainer and perhaps a few others uh, thought he was well handicapped, so they took their chance in the Ultima, and he ran really well for a long way. He was up in the, up in the van, in the firing line, and just got a bit outpaced in the closing stages. I, I mean, the ground was riding a little bit quicker than the official description, I, I think it's fair to say, on the opening day of the Charter Festival. He just looked a little bit outpaced behind some progressive sorts. Uh, nonetheless, off one four three, he's unexposed. He's a seven-year-old. By and large, he's a very good jumper. Uh, I say he made one error in the Ultima, but uh, apart from that, he's he's very good jumper for a horse so inexperienced. And mm. I just think this proper out-and-out test of stamina will probably suit him. He just looks a resolute galloper. The, the kind of one pace to when the when horses had to quicken and go another gear and the tempo lifted in the closing stages at Cheltenham, he just didn't find it. And it beat still was far from disgrace, I think it's fair to say. So, uh, yeah, I like Fantastic Ass off 143. Uh, a bit of the Joker in the back here would be um, something that I like to always say on, on a Saturday night. Uh, one more flurry um, for the Ian Williams team. Um, I think he's uh, he's very interesting uh, at a bigger price. Again, he's never horse who ran in the Ultima. Um, but that was never really going to be his bag. He set off a huge price. He's, he's been dropped £6 since then, but if you go back to this card a year ago, he absolutely bolted up in a, in a handicap chase that occasion off 128. He's only £4 higher this time round, but um, I wouldn't be too put off by his run in the Ultima last time out. If anything, the cynical side of me thinks he would have been getting him spot on for this, because if you look through his profile, he's a horse who's got a very bad record when fresh. Uh, he doesn't do well first time out. When he won at Warwick, 
last year, admittedly well handicapped. He was beaten the length of the straight only two and a half weeks beforehand in another race at Warwick. So he clearly, he's a horse who could suddenly spring forward for having that run, if you see what I'm saying. So I think that run in the Ultima, uh, well down the field, but that would have really got him tuned up for this. As I said, he's a big old price. He, he went here last year off a four pound higher mark uh, in, a, in a competitive handicap chase and he, he sluiced in. He could be one at a bigger odds. So yeah, um, fantastic ass. Um, just slightly tempered by the fact that he was... <clears throat> He was really up in the van and had a hardish race at the altar, if you see what I'm saying. Um, but nonetheless, I still like his claims off 143. One more for I actually think conversely, that run would have brought him on for this. And I, I'm sure Connections have had an eye on this meeting for some time. Again, he is only eight. And it, he, I, I don't know whether, you know, there might still be some more improvement to come from him. So, yeah, it uh, goes on any ground. And he's, he's my, my bigger price one for you for the Ian Williams team. I'm all in. I'm all in. You've, you've sold that to me. I'm, I'm going on a stag do this weekend to Newbury, and I'm sure we'll be watching. We'll be watching the Scottish National. I'm going to tell everyone to back that because yeah. I mean, no one better than Ian Williams to get a uh, to get a horse ready for a for a big race. And certainly, as you say, uh, we know uh, it goes well at the track. And um, a couple of prep runs to get ready for this one. Twenty-eight to one. One more three for Ed and Fantastic Ass is fourteen to one. Um, I'm excited. You got me excited about the Scottish National. What a day. Uh, on then to the um, three races at Newbury. I'm going to be listing extra hard here. As I said, I'll be there on course on the day. So I need some pointers from the experts. Yeah, on to the 135 now at Newbury. And Royum Uni is the five to one favourite ahead of punctuation at six to one. Sorry, Quest. Interesting. Two firms out at the moment. One firm has, uh, sorry, Quest, the three to one favourite. The other, six to one. Uh, joint second favourite. Fred Arm, also six to one with both firms. 13 to two, Rainy Day Woman. 10 to one, Mr. Marbles. 11 to one, Icon Dobrell. 12 to one, uh, Mo Moamo. Pearly Island, 14 to one. 100 to one, Martin Spirit. Ed, come to you for this first race that we're going to be covering. Second race on the card at Newbury. Can, can I sit this one out? Let you get some drinks for your stag do, and let, uh, <laughs> let Andy take this one. Like, um, no, I've got I've got a really strong fancy later in the car, but here I'll be honest with you, I I, I cannot. That's fine. Head or tail. No, I've, I can So many last time out winners, so tricky horses on an upward curves. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'd be lying if I said I've got anything to conviction here. So I'm, I, it's not a race I'm going to play. There you go, Andy. Okay, yeah, similar to the, um, the race that Ed swerved at air. I, I've got a very strong view in this race. Some would say that I'd. I'd almost say this is the bet of the weekend at the prices. Mm -hmm. Ooh, Here we like, go. Um, Load up. How Paddy Power have got six to one about punctuation, I do not know. Um, if anyone's got an account, um, that, 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 <laughs> that, needs, that needs to be snaffled up. This also got a five to two favourite. I'll be, I'll be st staggered if he's not five to two or, or shorter come Saturday. I think, I think he's probably the best handicapped horse in, in Fergal O'Brien's yard, this fella. He, he, he started off his... Um, campaign um handicap campaign off, off a mark of 95 at warwick um off the back of a 220 odd day break it was his first run since leaving charlie longsden and charlie couldn't mm -hmm. quite get to the bottom of this horse for one reason or another but when you look back at his flat campaign he was rated in the 90s on the flat he was, you know running in races like the, the, the melrose um i think he finished six to six in the melrose back in the day so quite what he's doing off a similar mark over hurdles and how they couldn't get to win with him was, was beyond belief but they put a tongue tie on him first time out at Warwick and he absolutely bolted. We beat a horse called Saint Doctor, one of uh, Neil Mulholland's, and we saw that lag up the other day at Utoxida, um, uh, even though the, the, the Mulholland team are out of form. And he did a really good figure that day and I just basically followed that form over a cliff and I, I napped um, punctuation the other day at Newbury. I must admit, I, I was sweating all the way through that race. I kept thinking, I can't, this is not going to win, it's not going to win, but 
Paddy got him onto a good strip of ground on the far side, and he just about outran our Irish Saint, who gave him one almighty fright. But the pair of them were absolutely miles clear of the rest, including Mark of Gold, who had won his last three races for the for the Gary Moore camp, and another thing, quite a bit of him. This is really strong form. The numbers for that race were absolutely frightening. They were in a really good gallop. If you did a split screen with this race and the race that was won by Black Poppy, both over the same course and distance, there was about 30, 35 lengths difference between punctuation and an Irish state when they turned in for home than the Black Poppy race. Just shows you how fast they went in, in, in this novice's handicap. Obviously, they tied on, on the run in a little bit, but the stamina of punctuation and his quality got him home. Um, he's only been bumped up eight pounds. He's still off 114. This horse should be a 130 horse. He's, he's miles better than his mark. Uh, and it, the fact that he goes back to Newbury, and he bypassed the race at Warwick, which he was entered in actually the day we speak. He was, he was even money favourite to win a, uh, a handicap at Warwick. To come here for this is, is the biggest indication that you'll, you'll get. He's, miss, he's missing an opportunity at Warwick, even money, to come here for a technically a harder race. Mm. Um, so I mean, it almost doesn't make sense, but that's why I think six to one is an absolute gift. Ooh, six to one time of recording at about 20 to one on, on Thursday. Will that still be around when this goes out? Not a Andy, chance. Andy holding has something to do with that, but let's hope there's still a few prices out there to back six to one at the moment. Uh, punctuation for Andy. I think Andy got heard me getting excited about one of Ed's tips and thought he better trump him there. Um, <laughs> On then to the 210, and Ed will come back to you after your no-show in the, in the last, in the um, the Veterans Handicap Chase. And we've got uh, La Cavza Nostra is the 9-2 favourite, head of first Figaro at 5-1, to one, Indy 5, 6-1, Bermeo 13-2, 7-1, no comment, 15-2, Psychedelic Rock, 8-1, Glenn Forcer, Vivas, another emotion, and Valadam, uh, 14, 16s and 16s. Yeah, I'd be with the uh, the 12-year-old. I was going to say the old boy, they're all old, aren't they? But um, first Figaro. It's really just been rejuvenated in recent times. 12 years young, but his form has just taken off. Interested, it had a bit of a break after um, last year, uh, best part of a year off the track, and then back-to-back wins. They took the headgear off. They've been messing around with blinkers, cheap pieces, taking all the headgear off. He's two from two without the headgear on, and he's two from two under Ned Fox, who seems to have struck up a, a wonderful rapport with this horse, it, it would appear to be. I mean, absolutely hacked up last time out, albeit uh, not much of a race uh, at Leicester, but 14 lengths, jumps and travels, like a lot of the Venetia horses this season, have just been, seemed to have been in top gear and have kind of dovetailed nicely with her uh, stunning season. I mean, a few of the horses have been a bit in and out recently, but mainly she's been operating at over a 22 23% strike rate for the, the entire season, which is fantastic. And yeah, I just think this horse, he, you know, he just seems to have just come back to himself at the age of 12, whether there was some discussion about the headgear or whatever. But as I said, there's just facts are there that for whatever reason, taking the headgear off, he's two from two, seems to be on an upward curve. This jockey, Ned Fox, seems to have clicked with him. And I just thought there were a lot of horses in here. We kind of scratch around for form, uh, a bit confusing, et cetera, et cetera. He's the horse still on the upward curve at 12 years young. And uh, he'll, he'll do for me, really. So, yeah, five to one, I thought was... a. Uh, it was it was a schneery kind of each way play here. I, I'd be disappointed if ten went to went to post and he couldn't finish in the top three. Uh, truth be told, so yeah, first Figaro for me. First Figaro, the one there for Ed, five to one, a sneaky little each way bet, as he says, uh, Andy. Yeah, it's taken us what over half an hour to come to the same conclusion. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of first Figaro as well here. Um, the only problem with Indy 5, just, just looking at him, is, is he likes to dominate. But with Valadon in the field, 
I think these two are going to be headbutting each other at the, at the head of affairs, and it, it might just set it up for a horse who is ridden with a little bit more um, restraint. Um, and although Ed said it, it might not necessarily have been a race at uh, that much of a race at Leslie the day, he did beat none other than Onken mm. from the Nodges Russell Davis uh, camp, who I thought did really well to win at market racing yesterday. He was taken on for the lead. He had horses who were more patiently ridden closing on him, and then he kicked away again. So he's obviously clearly in good form, Onken. And first figure, I batted him by 12 lengths. Mm. He was also third in this race last year as well, I noticed, when mm. the headgear was on. He, he, did, he did look a bit you know, iffy under pressure last year with the headgear on, but now they've taken him up. As Ed said, absolutely bang on. He just seems to have been revitalised. So it's very much a target race, I think, for Venetia, this. She's probably looked at this race and worked backwards. The fact that yeah. they've managed to win a couple of races has been an absolute bonus. Uh, but he's still off a good mark, 109. I think he was third in this race of 104 last year. Um, so, yeah. He he looks the one that five to one again looks uh, rather tempting. First figure of the one for both the guys there in the two ten. Uh, we're going to move on to the final race of this preview now, uh, which is the third race, the fourth race on the card, I should say, at Newbury with the mare's novice hurdle. Speech bubbled one hundred to thirty. Uh, Corey's courage five to one. Sabrina thirteen to two, ten to one. Uh, Nina the Terrier, Holly Hartingo, uh, eleven to one. Bar Andy. Yeah, I think this is fairly straightforward. I'm not going to overcomplicate this. Um, you know, it's straight down the middle here with Speech Bubble. I just think she's absolutely different gear to this lot. I really do. I mean, you know, a run beyond Love Envoy at, at Sandown at the time looked a good one, but we know how good it is now. Um, having seen what Love Envoy did to a good field at Cheltenham, beating lots of fancied horses quite readily. Um, so to come away out of that race, it, it, you know, You'd think this horse would have gone up retrospectively to come off of it with 130. I think I think Noel Williams and, and, and Connections must be absolutely, you know, beside themselves with joy, to be honest. She looks just better than a 130 rated horse. And again, I think they've had this race on, on their mind for a long, long time. You know, the fact that they came here as well, just to have a sighter at Newbury uh, with a course and distance win two, two runs ago. I mean, it, it just tells you all you need to know, really. That right, this is this is the race. We'll, we'll give him uh, give her a spin round here. Then we'll we'll run her in better company next time out. Um, uh, is, is the kind of things I, I like to see as a punter. I, I like connections when they have a plan. I, I'm not worried about the weight either. People look at all Lemstone ten, you know, giving weight away. But she's absolutely built like a a proverbial brick outhouse. Um, <laughs> managed to find the right word there before, brick, brick house. before we got the censorship out house um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah I mean she, she, she all weights will just feel like a featherweight to her because she, she's a real proper unit um, so yeah again keep it nice Easy and simple like. it is, it is right. favourite but it, it looks the obvious one I smell a Trixie um, uh, yeah I've just realised I mean there's very little chance that the stag is going to listen to this podcast but I probably shouldn't have revealed I was going racing on it um, given that he might he might find out where we're going uh, Ed that's going to be an interesting editing job for the producer um, <laughs> Ed in the uh, well, well yeah sorry I'm thrown here in the uh, in the 245 um, how do you see it didn't realise the stag was a surprise right it's a surprise know, stag I've, so I've, it's no, a new race like course so really it's niche I'm, I'm, it's niche I'm afraid we're going to have to um, probably re-record the whole podcast now so that's a shame okay I'll leave that to your <laughs> editing skills as you say but um, in, in the meantime no I'm um, I, I've really fancy one in here actually uh, but with the big asterisk of the weather obviously I, I hope for your sake and the stag you'll soaked the skin and it's miserable uh, at Newbury it'll make things a lot more enjoyable but if the rain stays away at Nina the Terrier 
It's really fascinating here. Uh, a horse who actually ties in uh, with Andy's aforementioned speech bubble uh, behind Love Envoy from that run at Sandown. And watch that race back again at Sandown. She absolutely tanks round for her legs just went like jelly on bottomless ground up the Sandown Hill. Uh, I just think the ground got the better of her. Alan King's come out uh, again since and just said, thought the ground went against her at the Charter Festival. She needs proper, almost summer ground. Uh, she won really nicely here uh, back in November when she got a good surface. Remember, it was unseasonably dry in November. And then her follow-up run uh, at this track uh, was against that L.A. Bell, that really useful sort from the Dan Scouter team. And she was in the process of giving that mare a right old race till she crashed out at the last hurdle. Uh, keep your eyes on the weather. I mean, it's good, good to softer places or blend off. If the rains don't arrive um, and we get some spring ground, she's off 127 here. I just think she will cruise into this race, but she is very ground dependent. So it's one of those, if the heavens open, forget her. But uh, 10 to 1, I think do think could look massive. I, I totally get what Andy's saying, and she's got a bit of ground to make up the speech bubble. But that was a very deep ground. I think there won't be much between them if the ground rides on, on the kind of spring surface, which I'm hoping it will do. Uh, I get the feeling, again, this is... Um, Alan King, like I think there were women and are in whether to go to the festival with her. Um, he, he mentioned before the festival, this was always going to be the kind of target for her. And I just think on this surface, uh, on a sound surface, she would have to be taken seriously off 127. Uh, that, that LA Bell form looks pretty useful. Uh, obviously, that I think she went on with the Sydney Banks at Huntington, didn't she? So, yeah, uh, she, she's for me 10 to 1. Um, massive, massive price with the proviso. Uh, the ground doesn't turn soft. Put, put it this way, if the ground actually turns soft, I think they'll probably put her out. I don't think mm -hmm. they'll go to the well again on, on, on soft ground. So it's one of those. I think it's a little bit of a shot to nothing. And I think she's a major each way player. Nina the Terrier there, the one for Ed at 10 to 1. Uh, before I let you both go, any others on the on the card of Newbury um, to flag up? Uh, yes, I did have one, actually. Um, <clears throat> sorry, well, not in Newbury. It was back at, back at air, actually. Getaway back Trump. Get getaway Trump runs. Um, I'd flagged him up, and now I've lost my I've lost my card in front of I'll me. Find but it. <laughs> you can find it. That's but my, um, that's my job. Yeah, in, yeah. The, in the four ten. Yeah, I think he's dangerously well handicapped. Uh, he's looked regressive. I think it's fair to say. But again, uh, every horse kind of has his mark, and um, I get the feeling he kind of stayed away from some of the hot races. Uh, he's kind of showing his age a bit, but nonetheless, there's, there's a little bit of the global citizens about this individual in that he, he's kind of starting to look about 20 pound well in on old form and he's just going to meet his level sooner rather than later. And I, I thought a bit of decent ground, he could run well. So yeah, he's definitely one uh, for interest in me. Getaway Trump for the Paul Dickles team. Nine to one, outsider of the six. Yeah, uh, at big the moment, price. Getaway Trump. Andy, anything for you before we say farewell? No. No, I haven't. I've just concentrated on the um, on the on the on the cards that we've covered. Um, so yeah, I think I think we've got enough there to to get to uh, to be you know getting along with. Um, and I've got, I've got to leave myself a little bit of scope anyway, just in case I do spot something else. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. There you have it. Uh, great thoughts there from Andy and from Ed ahead of this weekend's racing at both Air and at Newbury. Uh, thank you very much to them. Thank you very much to Eight 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 Sport as ever for sponsoring the show as well please do download the odds checker app for the very best prices free bets bookie offers place terms and of course andy's thoughts on racing every day straight to the app at around 9 a.m in the morning so please do enjoy the racing we'll be back for plenty of entry previews next week so do subscribe to the odds checker youtube channel and to the podcast with any podcast platform as well. Hopefully another great weekend of jumps racing ahead of us. Please, as ever, do gamble responsibly. 